Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to the Gospel for Life. And we do have our brother, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen, back in the studio. You are still getting um, therapy. Is that correct? Yes, I do radiation and chemo every day. And, How are you uh, feeling so far? So far, so good. Good. Well, uh, I mean... Uh, you know, I I could be better. Actually, I could be as healthy as other people. But <laughs> well, we, I actually, we missed. I, you. I wished I had a fitness regimen before I. Came. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm just dealing with this tired body. Yeah. Well, how can our <laughs> listeners continue to pray for you? Uh, just simply uh, that I can maintain uh, strength. I still am preaching each week, and uh, and uh, I hope to do that up until. I have surgery in another six – well, actually, it's probably about 12 weeks out before surgery. Okay. There's a – they have this whole procedure, you know, worked out, and then, and I've got – multiplied doctors. I have a half dozen of them now, and they're all figuring it out. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be praying for you. We're glad you're back in studio yeah. with us. Well, we've gotten questions from tens and tens of our listeners out there, and we've been covering the Lord's Supper the last three days, but today we're going to totally shift – um, in our categories to ecclesiology and worship. And ecclesiology is just the study of the church. And so the question for today, this is going to be a heated discussion, why can't women be ministers? Maybe we should ask it differently. Maybe we should ask, can women be ministers? would probably be a, a, a better way to ask the question. But why can't women be pastors? Or, or Yeah, that's where we're going. Well, so, for... For one thing, let's just agree that when we do discuss this, we're actually going not simply to the traditions of men, but we are actually going to God's Word to determine that. And that's that's the determining factor anyway of what whatever our practices are. Mm-hmm. We, we practice according to the Word of God. And being reformed individuals the the whole you know we we want to be constantly reforming our our understanding of the word of god by the word of god and our practices by that word of god mm-hmm. so i mean that's the that's the whole basis there are there are people that decide that not based on the authority of scripture but they decide that based on their own authority. They become yeah. the authority over Scripture. Yeah. So we need to be – and I think that we would all agree, you know, whatever our positions are here, that that's where, how we're coming to that position. We're holding our finger in the text at some point. Right. And, and let's also um, – <laughs> I, I just have to say it, it's a little bit unfortunate, uh, although it's not going to stop us, uh, it, it is a little bit unfortunate that we don't have a female voice here, uh, <laughs> either either for or against uh, women serving in pastoral roles. Uh, but uh, four, four men will do their best uh, <laughs> to, to interpret the Word of God. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, let, let's just 
let's just start here, I suppose, because there is disagreement in the room, and this is one of the this is one of the advantages of being able to be ruled and controlled by the gospel. Mm-hmm. That hopefully, as mature brothers in the Lord, we can we can uh, we can disagree theologically and still embrace each other as as brothers. And I think there's two extremes here. We can either fall off on one extreme and say, ah, this theology stuff doesn't matter. That's wrong. Right. Or we can fall off on the other extreme and say, oh, well, love doesn't matter. We're just gonna you know kind of theologically destroy each other until we come to some sort of agreement. I think that we uh, we need to understand even in as we gather around the table there's it's it's going to be a 3 against 1 here in one sense. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, because there like... there are some you know we have convictions about things it doesn't mean that we're not getting along. We've been getting along for uh, months and years uh, around uh, our fellowship as brothers in Christ. So there's there's a difference of opinion here. Um, and, and uh, well, let me just say, as the guy who's going to be the outlier here, okay, that, you be the, the, the three against one sounds like a fair fight to me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but you haven't seen <laughs> me fight before. Yeah. <laughs> that's because <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't take advantage of the guy that's got cancer. <laughs> really, the the conversation I think comes back to a, one passage um, that people have different interpretations of and so it it's really first timothy 2 um where paul writes the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control." And so it's that's really the text that becomes the the point of argumentation, um, probably for, from, from either side. Well, there's there's there's, and I want to hear Phil too. So I don't want to set it all up. So it's, but, but, but that's okay. Go go. But for I it. was going to say, you know, when we we talk about this, we recognize that you know a minister of the word, a preacher, is an elder, you know, and so when we look for the qualifications of an elder or a church officer we're we're going to find them in first timothy chapter three we're going to find them in titus uh, chapter one or first peter five and so um you know there's an we have an agreement here of what makes a minister of the word and and so there we find that that's a limit limited to men so it's what russ has brought out there it's the qualifications of an elder as a as a as a pastor i'm an elder i'm also a minister of the word i'm one of many elders in the church but before we go on i would just i'd, I'd love to hear phil's voice here enter enter in sure sure um and just to bring the listener in to, some of the listeners may be familiar with the terms uh egalitarian and complementarian, and those terms are are, are limited uh, in in some ways. I don't even like using them because, uh, but th- those are the terms that we that we have. Those are the terms that have come to be used around this 
difference within the life of the church. But he, he, generally the way they're used is that egalitarian churches will say both men and women can be elders, both men and women can be uh, ministers, uh, ordained pastors. Uh, and the complementarian position, which would be my, my three other brothers here, uh, would be that uh, men and women uh, being created different uh, in, in by God uh, with inherent differences as male and female have different roles within the life of the church that are ordained by God. So fair, and yeah, and not a, and not and not a differentiation of gifts necessarily, but right. a gift differentiation of roles. Right, right, and not that there's yeah. So like, not that women are we 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 would never say that women are intellectually inferior, absolutely, or no. at, or administratively right. inferior or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, and they they right. may have a prophetic voice too. Right, I mean, you could say that maybe once. <laughs> Russ, yeah. I, I, <laughs> and yeah, you wouldn't survive to say it again. Yeah. Well, well, let me just and I'm going to try and keep it as brief as possible. But why I uh, and the denomination that I'm a part of um, allows the ordination of women in, in, in pastoral roles, and in the congregation that I serve, we have we have women serving as elders. Um, and first of all, let me acknowledge that it's pretty clear that the practice of the early church was male leadership. Um, that comes through over and over again, um, you know, but I, I think that there are some, there, there are some tantalizing uh, hints uh, of, of women in leadership in the New Testament. We'll get to that in a minute. But overall, you know, as Jonathan was saying a minute ago, uh, when Paul talks about qualifications of an elder, he, he seems to be addressing men. Uh, so I just want to acknowledge that. But I would also say, the practice of the early church is not binding on us. What's binding on us is the specific teaching of the New Testament, uh, not necessarily the practices that are that are shown there. So anyway, uh, if we look at the whole Bible, and I'm just going to back up and get kind of a global look at the Bible, uh, in the Old Testament you have uh, women in positions of leadership. Now, not very many, but they're there. Uh, Deborah is one of the judges of Israel. Um, Huldah, the prophetess, 2 uh, Kings, and say all her story is told again in 2 Chronicles. Um, Huldah uh, is a prophet of God who has a position of authority. When, when the uh, scroll of the word of God uh, that had been lost is discovered in the temple under King Josiah uh, that led to Josiah's reform movement, when that scroll is discovered, they took it to Huldah for authentication. And very interestingly, uh, and that was, she was contemporary with the prophetic ministry of Jeremiah. But they didn't go to Jeremiah, they went to Huldah. Uh, and she exercised authority. Uh, now, once again, that's just, that's only two examples, but uh, they're there. And uh, so I think that, that tells us something. And then we come into, the, come into the New Testament. And I just want to get straight to, cut straight to, there's other examples I could bring in. Uh, um, Priscilla is, uh, along with her husband, I'll acknowledge mm -hmm. that, Priscilla and Aquila are mm -hmm. co-teachers of Apollos, mm -hmm. who is one of the most uh, recognized uh, apostles of the early church. Uh, but she's there, she's teaching a man. So obviously there's a situation in, in which a woman was teaching a man mm -hmm. and the Bible doesn't blink about it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, we get into First Timothy 2, uh, and uh, Russ read it just a minute ago. 
and I know I'm taking up a bunch of time, so we may have no. to do two shows on this. Yeah, we'll Sorry, <laughs> it's going to have to extend into tomorrow. But you guys are being gracious. No. Um, when Paul says, I do not permit a woman uh, to teach. Um, first of all, I, I want you to recognize, I would point out two things about that verse. I do not permit a woman to teach. Number one, it's not an imperative. It's in the indicative mood. Paul's saying his practice which may be limited to just this one church. Uh, Paul knows how to write an imperative, and he does it frequently. And by imperative, I mean commandment. But this is not in the imperative mode. It's in mood. It's in the, it's in the indicative. It's in and, the indicative is stating a fact, right? Yeah, and, and he says, I'm not permitting. And so I'll acknowledge that. Uh, but also, uh, when he says, I don't permit a woman to exercise authority, he uses a word for authority that he doesn't use anywhere else. Uh, Paul's word for authority elsewhere in the in the New Testament is, is exousia, mm-hmm. the normal New Testament word for authority. Uh, here, the word that he uses, and this is its only usage in the, in the, <clears throat> in the entire New Testament, is authentane. Um, and it can have connotations of of lording it over it. It can have connotations of uh, uh, of you, the the. The King James captures this when it translates it as usurped authority. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to leave it right there because we're running out of time. Yeah. So we got about 40 seconds left. So today we are talking about, we're asking the question, can women be ministers or not? And there's a little bit of uh, friendly, loving disagreement in the room, but we will have to continue this conversation tomorrow. And in order to do that, you're going to have to listen to this show. So just go to um, iTunes or whatever the podcatcher app on your phone is and subscribe to the gospel for life and you can catch what we talked about today and we will continue this conversation tomorrow also if you go to reformationboise.com you can get uh, get to know who we are and find out information about our upcoming conference the theme this year is in christ alone we're super excited about it we hope that you will register and come we'll see you next time